0: To me this morning saying, why are you here? You should be gone. We had your sending service last week. But what we're discovering uh, in all of this is that uh, God's, God's timing is, is different than ours, and we have a few things that need to come together um, in order for us to go. I mean, one John mentioned we're at 93%. We need to be at 100%. in order for us to buy our tickets and go. Um, So uh, pray for us on that. Um, We are still waiting to hear back from the Irish government on our visas, um, approval of those. We think it's gonna be, you know, within the next one or two weeks. So you could be praying for that for us too. Um, And this week's kind of crazy. We're moving out of our house. the Bortzes, who are, many of you know, are moving into our house, and uh, so it's, it's a little crazy right now, but, um, but I was reminded this morning in, um, in a devotional I was reading that um, we worship and serve a God who um, brought into existence what didn't exist, and so we can trust him in whatever situations we find ourselves in. All right. All um, right. Thank you, Uh, thanks John and and Jordan Valley for giving me uh, the opportunity to preach this morning. It's a privilege to be able to bring God's word to us. Um, Earlier this month uh, was historically what the church has um, observed as Pentecost Sunday. And it is the commemoration of when the Holy Spirit comes down, the coming of the Holy Spirit in a new way. And this event is a major one in the whole biblical narrative. It's, the, it's an account of a new manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the lives of Jesus' disciples and, and the people that were gathered there on that day that we read about in Acts chapter 2. Now, I know, um, I know we've been in a series in the Gospel of Luke, but I've um, been thinking about this particular text um, from Acts um, for a while now as we've prepared to go to Ireland and to preparing for cross-cultural ministry there. So we're taking a break from Luke, the Gospel of Luke this morning, but um, we're still looking at the writing of the same author who authored, who wrote the Gospel of Luke. We're we're looking at the sequel to the Gospel of Luke, the uh, Acts of the Apostles. So this is Acts to 1 through 13 I think it's going to be up on the screen and let me read it for us and then, and then we'll dive into it when the day of Pentecost came they were all gathered together in one place suddenly a sound like the blowing wind of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them that each of us hears them in our native language. Parthians, Medes, Amalites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Capa- Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues amazed and perplexed they asked one another what does this mean some however made fun of them and said they've had too much wine let me pray for us as we look further at this passage of scripture and God's word for us this morning oh god we come to you today and i am grateful for your word for your word that's life giving for your word that gives us um, what it means to have salvation in you, for your word that lays out the whole biblical narrative of what you're doing in the world and the lives of your people and Lord, it is good news for us, and I pray God that, um, that you would use it this morning to change us, that you would use your word in a powerful way that that the Holy Spirit will, will work in us in such a way that we would be drawn closer to you today, that we would be spurred on to live for you more wholeheartedly. So I pray, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, author um, David Sedaris says this. He writes this. I haven't gotten the slightest idea how to change people, But I keep a long list of prospective candidates just in case I should ever figure it out. (laughs) Change. We uh, we want people to change. We want others to change. Those around us. We We want them to change. But don't we also want change in our lives? We want to see those aspects of our lives where we're unmotivated, we want to see them energized and, and motivated. We want to see all of the broken stuff in our lives, those broken things in our lives. We want to see them fixed, changed. We want to see the lack of a, our lack of ability sometimes to connect with God and others on a deep level. We want to see that changed in our lives. But how does change happen? How does it happen? Fleming Rutledge, in her book on uh, devotions called Means of Grace, she says this, The Spirit is a mover. When the Spirit shows up, things happen. In this passage we're looking at today, I want us to see that when the Spirit comes, change happens. And we're going to, I want to look at this in three ways. First, when the Spirit comes, mission happens. Second, when the Holy Spirit comes, healing happens. And then third, when the Holy Spirit comes, connecting with God happens. First, when the Holy Spirit comes, mission happens. In the first chapter of Acts, Acts 1-8, Jesus promises his disciples that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on them. And he says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then in this passage that we're looking at today, we read in verse one, when the day of Pentecost came. Now, what is the day of Pentecost? It was a Jewish festival A Jewish feast day that commemorated a couple of things. First, it was a commemoration of when Moses went up on Mount Sinai to receive the law. And and then second, it was also a commemoration of the first fruits of the harvest. It happened 50 days after Passover, the time of harvest. And what God is telling us is that it's harvest time. It's harvest time, and they are to go out. God's people, his disciples, are to go out into the world on mission, proclaiming him, glorifying him in the world on mission. But how? How are they to move out as disciples of Jesus on mission? Well, they need their desires of their heart changed. They need a passion for mission in the world But the desire just can't be conjured up on our own, right? See, if if we think about the disciples, you see the reason why they needed their hearts changed. We read about them in the the Gospels and the disciples were often very self-centered, self-protective. Remember, um, there's a story in the Gospels where they're fighting amongst themselves over who is the greatest. Who is the greatest in the kingdom? Or we can think about the denials, the actions of them wanting to protect themselves. Remember the, uh, the Apostle Peter wanting to protect his own reputation, but he does this by denying Jesus. He denies him three times. When, when he's asked three times over, do you know this one, Jesus? He says, no, I, I don't know him. He's trying to protect his reputation. These disciples are no different than us. All of us need to have our hearts changed. All of us need our desires, our passions changed. We need our desires changed because we struggle with uh, trying to position ourselves over another We struggle with protecting ourselves and our own interests. We struggle with wanting to present our best selves instead of being honest and authentic with one another. We struggle with wanting to play it safe, but often, because of fear, we end up compromising the very values that we hold. We need change. We need change to happen in our lives. Change happened in the lives of those who were gathered there on that first day of Pentecost. At one time, they're fighting for position, fighting over who is the greatest in the kingdom, but now they are on mission. And even to the point of martyrdom, you read about it in the whole book of Acts, how followers of Jesus die for their faith. They die because they go out on mission, but they're driven to the point of even giving up their lives. They become passionate about God's kingdom and not their own. They become passionate about the world, experiencing the grace and the glory of God. This is how their hearts are changed. But perhaps you're thinking, I don't have it in me right now to be on mission. I got so much that's going on in my life. Things seem to be difficult, falling apart. I don't have what it takes to be on mission to think about advancing God's kingdom, to think about what it would mean for for me to display the glory of God in the world. But don't you think those who were present that day on the day of Pentecost, they were probably thinking the same thing. With the pressures of life with the things that they were facing in their time. And also, present there that day, we're told, were Galileans. Now, Galileans were people who were looked down upon. They were marginalized people. They were people who, um, from whom nothing good could come. That's how they were viewed. They were were overlooked, not seen as people who were great. But when God pours out the Holy Spirit upon them, they begin to speak in languages of other nations that they had never studied. When the Holy Spirit comes, He puts a passion on our hearts. He enables us and equips us by His power to go out and to love. When this happens, you begin to notice that when you see someone who is lonely, that you'll want to come up and befriend them and care for them, make them feel a part of of something. You begin to see that when someone needs to be encouraged in in a job, a thankless job, that you want to encourage them. You begin to see that when someone needs to you begin to see that when someone is hungry, that you'll have a desire that they be fed. You begin to see that when someone is lost, that you would want them to know about a God who seeks and finds those who are lost. If you are not experiencing a heart for the world, may encourage us to pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Ask, call out to God. When the Holy Spirit comes, mission happens. Second, when the Holy Spirit comes, healing happens. What we see here is is quite remarkable. When the Holy Spirit comes, everyone begins speaking in their own language. It It is not the English language or something that people begin to speak in, but it's in many languages. And what I want to point out here is that we need to know that we are not first and foremost English speakers, if you're, if you're an English-speaking American, or we're not, we're not first and foremost Americans or whatever nationality you are. When, when the Holy Spirit comes, it comes on everybody And it evokes not a particular language, but many languages. It's a beautiful thing. When the Holy Spirit comes, it begins to break down also our pride. And it begins to break down our pride in such a way that relationships, the healing of relationships happens. People begin to love others who are different than themselves, who speak a different language than they do. They begin to love others who look different than they do. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes down into our lives. This is why a person like Sojourner Truth, who was a slave during the early part of American history and who had every right to hate white people, the white people who enslaved her, but instead began to love white people. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came into her life. The Holy Spirit changed her. I'm always amazed when when I hear about the many differences among God's people, the different interests of, of, of the people of God, the political views that are different among us, the different ways that we approach education for our children, the different ways that we even see a theological issue. It is an amazing work of God that God brings his people together, people who wouldn't otherwise gather together at all, wouldn't have anything in common, and yet we have this commonality because of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings together those who would otherwise not come together at all. Let me ask you, do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know him? Give in. Give in to him. Call out to him. Cry out for the Spirit's work in your life. Third, when the Holy Spirit comes, connection with God happens. Again, part of the celebration that takes place at at Pentecost was a celebration of God coming coming down upon mount sinai and delivering the law to moses for the people of god and that day on mount sinai there was fire and wind the sign of power of god at work and again this is what's happening here in this situation in the book of acts This is what's happening here. There's fire and there's wind. There's this display of the power of God at work. God powerfully comes near to the people. Listen, all of us are made for God. And until we give in, until we quit running from him, until until we give in to him, we will always find ourselves restless. We will be anxious, we will be not at peace. In fact, this is what the whole Bible is about. It is about a God who pursues people. It's about a pursuing God who who comes after us who wanna run from him. He comes after us, he pursues us, he pursues us relentlessly. Because he loves us. That's the kind of God we have. Now, every other religion will say this, that, that God is hard to get. That you must earn his love and affection for you. That you must work at it. That you must find a way to get him. That you must seek him and, and find him. Even many people who believe in the Bible Believe that it is simply a guidebook to help us get to God, to earn His love, to earn grace. But grace cannot be earned. Otherwise, it's not grace. Over and over. um, Some of us have heard this. You need to do this, do that, do you need to earn God's love and affection. Over and over. You need to do more. Study the Bible more. Seek him more. Do it more. Some of us, um, maybe some of us who um, are past a certain age, might have heard a song, and you grew up in, the, in a suburban American church, you might have heard this song, Climbing Jacob's Ladder. The song is about climbing Jacob climbing up to God. But this is not what happens. In the Jacob story. It's the ladder that comes down. God comes down to Jacob. Heaven comes down to earth. So what Acts 2 is saying, it's, it's, it does not say, here is what you need to do to get God to connect with him, work harder. No, it says here, it says here in Acts 2, 11, verse 11, that they simply declared the wonders of of God. Or I like how the ESV translates this. The mighty works of God. They simply declared the mighty work of God. See, Christianity is about a savior who accomplishes what we cannot accomplish ourselves. You will never accomplish salvation on your own. You will never accomplish it. You will never. It it, it is God who saves. It is God who does the work in our lives. Pastor Ray Cortez, he's a pastor in Florida, who I'm gleaning. uh, I've gleaned a lot from this passage. On he says that the greatest thing that happened when the Holy Spirit comes is that religious people get healed. We don't have to climb. Jesus came down. The Holy Spirit comes down. It comes to us. And when, it comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, change happens. Mission happens. The healing of relationships happens. Our connection with God happens. Cry out to Him. Give up and cry out to Him. Call out for Him. Pastor Ray Cortez, he, he goes on to talk about this passage. And he goes on to talk about um, a little Haitian girl whose house came down on her during the big earthquake uh, in Haiti several years ago. He talked about how she cried out for three days for her daddy to come get her. She cried out for three days, and after three days, there was silence. But her daddy kept digging in the rubble He kept digging for her. Fourth day came, he still was digging to find his his little daughter. And on the fifth day, he heard a voice coming from the rubble. Be careful, Daddy, I'm down here under the rubble. He finally dug her out of the rubble. Now listen, she could not rescue herself any more than we can rescue ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We can't dig ourselves out from under sin that's invaded our world and our lives. But it's not our job to get the house off of ourselves, to get the rubble off of ourselves. See, you have a daddy, you have a father who will do the work and will not stop at any cost for his children. And because God is a triune God who is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this is true of the Holy Spirit too. The Holy Spirit comes down. He pursues us. He pursues us relentlessly and he loves us. The Holy Spirit comes down, comes to us. Give give yourself to him. Cry out. And experience change in your life. Experience what it means to be on mission. Experience healed relationships. And experience connection with God. Let me pray for us. God, we are grateful that you are a God who comes to us. We know, Lord, that we cannot earn our own salvations. We we know ourselves, Lord to be sinners in need. And so we are grateful, Lord, that you come to us, that you are a God who rescues us. You are a God who relentlessly comes after us to save us. So I pray, God, that, that, would, that we would know that deep in our hearts in such a way that it would lead us to mission, to proclaiming you, to proclaiming your grace and your glory in the world, that it would lead us to healed relationships, that we would pursue others who are different from us, who, who we have different views of, or opinions with, that we would, um, God, be led to draw near to you in a more devoted way, a more intimate way. Lord, would you work change in our lives? Thank you that you love us and you've come to us. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen.